Happy Mother's Day. I'm Anita Fox, one of the pastors here at Hydrant Church, and it is an honor to share today's message with you, even through our devices. Now, devices and technology can be tricky things, especially for me. You could ask any of the staff, people who have worked with me, and I have had my fair share of trouble with technology. Let me explain. So, Years ago, before iPhones, before our cars had built-in GPS systems, we had one of those windshield-mounted GPSs, and it was great. We used it all the time. It was wonderful, until we stopped getting it updated. But I kept using it, so it wasn't unusual for me to go somewhere new, use my GPS, and find myself lost. I might be stuck in construction because a new road is being built or find myself on a back road. And I think that this is often like the journey of life for each of us. New roads are being built. We might hit one roadblock after another, get rerouted somewhere, find a detour. We don't know what's coming next. I mean, think about it for a minute. Could you look back on your life and say that you ended up where you planned or where you expected? That the twists and turns along the way were really what you planned? Joshua 1.9 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is with us wherever we go. Despite the roadblocks, the the detours, the setbacks, we may not have ended up where we expected, and the road may have been long and hard, but God has been with us. If we look to our Bibles, to the story of Ruth and Naomi, we see that these two women know what it feels like to experience setbacks and detours. These women know what it feels like to get stuck in the fog. Yet, they also knew that God was with them. To set the scene, the events of Ruth took place somewhere between 1160 BC, 1100 BC, during the latter period of the Judges. And these were dark days. They were full of suffering, and it was brought about by the Israelites' abandonment of God and their immorality. The Israelites believed that a part of the judgments that that God had brought upon his people was because of their sin, and this included famine, and this included war. And this is where the story begins in chapter 1. We begin with Naomi. With the reports of famine in the land, she and her family, which included her husband, her two sons, her two daughter-in-laws, they leave their home for Moab, possibly believing that they could escape the suffering from the famine, but they would be wrong. The suffering was still ahead of them. In Moab, Naomi's husband and her two sons die, leaving her and her two daughter-in-laws with nothing in a foreign land. In a lot of ways, Naomi could be compared to a female Job. She has lost everything. She has lost her home. She's lost her husband and her sons. And even more than Job, she has lost her livelihood. 
She has become one of Israel's lowest members. She is poor and she is a widow. Naomi and her daughter-in-laws, they were the dead end. Pun intended. The fog of bitterness, hopelessness, it would have certainly surrounded these women. How do you see through this dense fog, let alone the signposts on the side of the road? Where is God in moments like this? Let's dig a little deeper into the story of Naomi and Ruth. Let's look for the signposts of God's presence. So go ahead, pull out your Bibles, grab your phone, get on your Bible app, and go to the book of Ruth. So before we can see the signposts, we need a way to see through the fog. And faith is the way that we see through the fog. Faith prays. Despite Naomi's, her circumstances, her loss, her, her uncertainty, all that lay ahead for her and her daughter-in-law, she still remained a woman of faith and she prays. We see her prayers in chapter one, verse eight. Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, go back each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. May the Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, and the house of your husband. And then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. Her circumstances had not changed. She didn't know what would happen to her or her daughter-in-laws, but she still prayed. She prayed with faith. She poured out blessing with love and with hope for the future of these women, even in her pain. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, and persevere in prayer. Prayer is an expression of faith. Prayer is an expression of trust in God, and we see God when we pray. Now, faith is, is also honest. Naomi was not perfect, and in the later part of the chapter, we see that she did not hide from God the fact that she was angry, and she was bitter. Pain and sorrow and grief, regret, poverty, they, they would have taken a toll on Naomi. In verse 20 through 21, Naomi says, don't call me, Naomi, call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord brought me back empty. Life is messy. Life is hard. But as we see with Naomi and her ability to be honest with herself and with God, that we see this honest and this real picture of what the journey of faith really looks like. As Christians, can we give each other permission to be real with one another, to be honest with ourselves, with one another, and with God? We don't need to pretend that something we're going through isn't difficult, that it's not horrible, that it's not hard. I think when we do that, we're just being fake and we've created an illusion 
I think we, we make the mistake of, of trying to pretend that this Christian life, that our journey of faith is easy when it's not. Faith is not always easy, and that is okay. But we see God when we're honest. Faith acts. Naomi is at a crossroad. Here she is, she's in a foreign land. The men in her life have all died, and she is nothing. What does she do? In verse 6, Naomi hears that God has come to the aid of his people to end the famine in the land of Judah. This news prompts Naomi to make a decision. She decides to return home and to return to her people. Faith is more than a belief. It is more than a thought or a feeling. Faith is movement. Faith is Faith acts. Now seeing through the fog, we come to a signpost of God's presence, companionship. In grief, we often feel alone. In suffering, we often feel alone. When I look back on painful seasons in in my own life, I have felt alone. I have pushed people away. Have you? Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead, she shares what has been studied as as three strategies of disconnection, three ways that we tend to respond to people in our pain, and maybe you'll find yourself in one of these three. The first is that we move away. We withdraw from people. We hide. We silence ourselves, we keep secrets. The second is we move toward. We seek to appease, we seek to please people. And the third is we move against. We try to gain power over others by being aggressive or we use shame to fight shame. You're not alone, but you need to hear that we need each other. I have let the lies of no one understands, no one cares, I don't I don't have anybody, it is just easier if I do this by myself. I have let those thoughts run through my mind. I do it too. And Naomi tried to do the same. She urges her daughter-in-laws to go back to their families. She tells them to leave her. Orpah, one of her daughter-in-laws, does. The other, Ruth, she does not. In verses 16 through 17, Ruth's bond and loyalty to Naomi, it is revealed in a beautiful expression of commitment. Ruth binds her future to that of Naomi. She confesses her allegiance to Naomi, to the people of Israel, and to the God of Israel. Ruth says, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. 
Naomi was not alone. God had given her this amazing gift of her daughter-in-law, this, this companionship. And God does this again and again. Even as their journey continues to unfold in Bethlehem, not only does God gift Naomi the companionship of Ruth, but when Naomi couldn't think of any kinsman who would raise up children in the family name, God gives her Boaz. And at the end of the story, when a barren Ruth, she marries Boaz, God gives them a child. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. But woe to one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. Now there are other stories in scripture of companionship, and, and to name a few, I think of Moses and Aaron. Moses was a great leader, and he was terrified of speaking, speaking publicly. So God brings alongside Aaron, Moses' brother, to support him, to speak on behalf of him. Another great story involving Moses, one that I love, is during the battle of the Amalekites, Moses was commanded by God to stand on the mountaintop and to raise his hands to heaven. And as long as he did this, the battle would be won. But naturally, doing this for too long <laughs> would be exhausting and his arms would begin to fall. And as he did this, they would begin to lose so her and Aaron come alongside of Moses and they hold his hands up so they could win the battle. They needed each other. Moses could not do it alone. There was Elijah and Elijah. Elijah was an experienced, a much older prophet of God, but he comes along Elijah and he mentors him. And they develop this, this deep friendship, this bond. Elijah becomes Elijah's successor eventually. And then we look to Jesus. As Jesus sends out the disciples, he doesn't send them out alone. They go two by two. He sends them to tell people the kingdom of God, to heal the sick, and they do it together. Jesus knows the road ahead is not easy. They need each other. They need each other's support. They need each other's encouragement. They can't do this alone. The life of a believer is rarely straight. It is rarely simple. It is rarely anything that we thought it would be. But we don't do it alone. God is with us, and he gives us each other to walk this journey together. The last signpost of God's presence is his provision. As Ruth and Naomi established their lives in Israel, they looked for ways to make ends meet. And in Bethlehem, Ruth went to help with the harvest. And as a widow, she could glean the fields, which meant that she could come behind the harvesters and she could pick up whatever leftover grain was, was there in the field. And this is what they could take and use for that day or save. And God provides for Ruth and Naomi again. Ruth ends up in a field that belongs to Boaz. And Boaz was a relative of Naomi's husband. Boaz then takes Ruth to be his wife, and this secures the women's future. As Naomi's kinsman, Boaz redeems these women. 
their marriage would then give Boaz the right to buy back Naomi's family land. And then that would mean when he and Ruth had a child, that Naomi's family line would carry on. Naomi herself admits in chapter two, verse 20, recognizing that this accidental meeting of Ruth and Boaz was the kindness of God who had not forsaken the living or the dead. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you hope and a future. God not only provided economic security for Ruth and Naomi, but he provided redemption. He provided family. Stories of God's provision are endless. God provided a sacrificial lamb for Abraham in place of his son Isaac. Rahab, a prostitute living in Jericho, she was rescued and redeemed by God by hiding spies in her home who planned to destroy her city. God sent ravens, yes, ravens, twice a day, meat and bread to feed to Elijah in a drought. A woman, desperately trying to keep her children out of slavery due to her debts, God fills every vessel with oil so that she can sell it and pay everything off. I've seen God provide in my own life in a lot of different ways. During the last financial crisis of 2007 and 2008, our family found ourselves without a job. We were unable to find work, and we were on the brink of losing our home. Honestly, my concerns even at that point were not paying our bills, but I was worried about having food on the table for my very young family. I was worried about how I was going to afford diapers. I I was worried about how we would pay for clothes and shoes for babies and toddlers who grow out of them constantly. The thing is, God provided. We still lost our home, but we were never without food. I remember a morning, a friend had called me and she had been cleaning out her minivan and tucked under the back row seat, she found a pack of diapers and she had called me and wondered if it was a size I could use. Her kids had grown out of it and it was the exact size we needed. There was a morning I had called Tim, my husband, and I had told him, of shoes that we needed for our kids. And without telling anyone, I had another friend later that day, she dropped off a bag of shoes on our front porch. And they were the exact size that we needed and they were all the different kinds of shoes that we needed. I went down to um, the mailbox and um, there was a check from an extended family member who wanted to help. I remember sitting on the phone with the billing manager from a doctor's office and we sat and cried together. And then they wrote off the rest of our debt to their office. It's not always easy and it doesn't always work out the way that we have planned. But I want you to hear that there is hope God 
will provide. On this journey of life, despite our best efforts, we will hit roadblocks. We will encounter unexpected delays. But when we look to the signposts, we will see that God has always been with us. Romans 8, 38 through 39 reads, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is with us in faith as we endure and we persevere heartbreak and loss. He is with us in love and strength of companionship as we walk long and difficult roads together. And and he is with us in the hope and provision of what is to come. So don't get stuck in the fog when you can't see What's ahead of you? Look to the signposts. God is with us. Would you pray with me? God, life is hard, and sometimes it's difficult to see you when everything is falling apart. Help us to walk through this fog. Help us to see your presence in the midst of it all. God, that you are still with us. God, that you are still good. And Father, you are still faithful. God, we thank you and we love you. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. We are so glad that we got to worship with you this morning. We want to remind you that you can text in the word CONNECT to 919-888-888. 4401 to connect with Hydrant Church even in times like these. And then if you want to invest in the vision and the mission and what God is doing at Hydrant Church, then we invite you to go to hydrantchurch.org slash give. And there you can invest financially in what God is doing here at Hydrant Church and throughout our community. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you in person soon. Have a great week.